Well, good morning, church. Uh, if I've never met you, if you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Brian. I'm the pastor here at Trinity City Church. You are listening to a pre-recorded uh, service for the 4th of July. It feels live to us um, and maybe even to you, but it is a pre-recorded service. So if anything um, really crazy happens between now and the uh, viewing of the service, uh, that is why uh, a mention of that significant event is uh, not mentioned in this uh, service at all. But we know it will be the 4th of July, and uh, we will mention that a little bit in my message a little later on. So a couple other things before I do the scripture reading and pray. Uh, we are starting, restarting rather, the Summer in the Psalms series that we've done for several summers in a row. Now we do about 10 psalms a summer, and right now we are going to go through the 60s uh, in the, the psalms, and we are doing Psalm 61 today. Uh, reminder for next week, the July 11th service. It's going to be a little bit different than usual. Uh, we've been streaming the entire service for uh, really the last year when we started doing these live streams and July 11th next Sunday will be the first time that we will be streaming the liturgy of the word but not the liturgy of the table our liturgy our corporate worship services uh, two parts essentially and uh, we will be still streaming from call to worship through the end of the message or the sermon but then the live stream will stop and uh, the in-person experience will continue with the liturgy of the word which goes from communion to the benediction. Uh, that is to encourage and to pivot back to the more ideal way of taking communion which is in-person embodied with one another uh, in a physical space. That also means that if you have various reasons that you are still streaming the service uh, at home uh, during this season. That does not mean you will be without the opportunity to take communion. What we want you to do is to reach out to us and we will be practicing the old school practice of home visits where a church leader can take communion to you and take those elements with you in your home. So please reach out to us and we would love to set that up um, for you. Let me go ahead and do the scripture reading. Uh, and then we'll open the sermon in prayer. The scripture reading today comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 61. Here is the reading. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, you have declared that your kingdom has come in Christ and that King Jesus continues to reign over us. So in this time, open our eyes to see him, 
our ears to hear his word, our hearts to hold his promises, our hands to serve his purposes in this world. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you did not know, one of the reasons that Split Rock Lighthouse on the North Shore of Minnesota, the reason it exists is because a massive storm that wrecked or damaged 20 vessels on Lake Superior. This occurred on November 28th, 1905, during uh, one of those historic November storms. This particular one had winds of 70 to 80 miles an hour. And let me summarize one story of one ship uh, that was caught in this storm, and this comes from uh, the Minnesota Historical Society. Uh, the Madeira was one of the ships that was completely destroyed in this storm. A steamer was towing this ship, but it ended up cutting uh, the tow line during this nasty storm in hopes of saving both ships. But eventually in the Madeira struck Gold Rock, which is this cliff just north, just, and you can see it if you ever visit Split Rock Lighthouse. You can just see it right uh, north of that uh, lighthouse, and you can even see uh, the ship uh, and the shadow of the ship at the bottom of the lake right by uh, Gold Rock. There's a picture of it that I have um, here for you of what Gold Rock looks like, and I don't know how well the picture translates into this uh, video, but you can see a shadow of that ship at the bottom. So this is what happened. The waves started to push this ship against the rocks and it started to break apart. There were 10 men on board on this uh, terrible and during this terrible situations, but one of the crewmen, Fred Benson, grabs a line and jumps on the rocks on the base of this cliff and he is continuing to be rocked by the waves. It's crashing against him and it's crashing against the ship. But Benson happens to be able to climb up 60 feet to the top of this rock cliff. He drops the line back down to the other men and saves all of them but only one. Only one guy ends up perishing during this storm. So these survivors stand on top of the rock for a couple days, now safely well above the storm, and in two days they are rescued. This rock in this story that is, is, is being this destructive force because the winds are pushing against the rock, it shows its power and its destruction uh, against the ship and the shipmates, but also this rock happens to be the source of salvation too because the rock is strong and high enough to save them. And that is why this imagery of rock, that God is our rock, is such a powerful one because it reminds you of his, of his danger and his judgment on the one hand, but also his, of his power and graciousness to save when you stand on the rock that is higher than us. That's what this psalm is about. It's during a storm in King David's life that he cries out to this rock for salvation from the storm of life. So we're going to look at the three parts of this psalm, the calling, the longing, and the prayer at the end. Let's start with the call, verses 1 through 3. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock 
that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. When I was little, I often lay in bed thinking that prayers just deflected off the ceiling of my room. I no longer think this way. The presence and power of God in Christ is way too close. And you know, because God is real and alive and active in this world, that when you pray, you can pray this type of prayer. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to me. Because your voice and your words don't deflect off of the room you're praying in, but it goes right up to the throne room of heaven, to the very ears of the sovereign one who sits enthroned above all things and orchestrates all things according to his purposes. David says that he prays from the ends of the earth. He's not literally at the ends of the earth, but he might as well be. He has been removed from the center of his life, the city, the holy city where he lived and ruled as king and also the place of God's presence that dwelled in the tent in that city and a likely reference to the tabernacle. The tabernacle is the place where you went to meet with God and that was in that place. And, and David is in this time of exile right now. He is removed from the center of his life, his home, and the very presence of God. And he describes that as being at the ends of the earth. And he's not only far away from the place in which he delights, but he's also tired. It's, during a t it's not during a time of flourishing for David. His heart is drowning in sorrow, and the clouds of despair are overhead. This is not the best of times for David. So then, in this moment, comes the request of the storm of life, as the storm of life is crushing David. As he feels at the ends of the earth, he feels faint, he makes this request that he would be led to the rock that is higher than I. This rock may be a reference to Jerusalem, but more likely it's a reference to God himself. It's, a it's an image of safety and solid protection. And that is why the rock is described as a refuge and a strong tower against any foe. So what's going on in his life? It's likely, again, during a time of exile. We don't know for sure the specifics, but most people point to this time where David is in exile because one of his sons forcibly takes the throne from him, and, and he leaves and flees from this situation. So he's no longer sitting on the throne. He no longer has that access to the, access to the tent of the Lord to meet with him. And so this is where the storm of life has taken David. And in this storm of life, this is his longing. Verses four through five, I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. David has a deep desire, a massive longing to dwell with God in his tent. It's the place where God's presence dwells in this tent is, is not the temple, it's before the temple was built, that's why he references this tent, and he wants to dwell there as a guest in God's home under the care of God's hospitality, to be in his presence forever. Have you ever experienced that type of hospitality in an earthly and human way, where you're with a company of wonderful friends and family, and it's one of those 
days that goes well into the evening and you do not want it to end. You get tired, you know you need to go home, you have things to do the next day, but you don't want to say goodbye. You don't want the hospitality, the, the joy of being in the presence of your friends and family to end. You want that moment to go on and on and on. And probably especially in this time as we're starting to get at least it feels like at the other end of this pandemic where we've been separated from moments like that, there's such a longing that many of us have to experience those evenings of deep love and hospitality in the presence of our friends and family like we have been uh, a year ago. We know what it's like to long for this. And in a very deep and eternal sense, that is what David is feeling right now. He longs to be in the presence and hospitality of God. He also describes that he wants to be under the wings of God, which is a symbol of security and protection. And if you recall, we just uh, have, have wrapped up not too long ago uh, the Book of Ruth. It was the series before this last one. And uh, that was a big theme, a big, big sense of imagery in that book as well, being under the wings of God. He's making vows, which is a reference to offering, making an offering in the context of worship. It's often a celebration in light of answered prayer and a recommitment to God's purposes and ways. And he speaks about an, an, a heritage. And, uh, you could also say it's an, an inheritance that King David has which is God's gift of land and people. God's word calls for a king who fears the Lord and is to rule over his land and people. And right now, David knows it's not the case. So David turns to prayer, verses six through seven. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. This prayer is not only for David himself, he doesn't just have himself in mind, but also for those who would rule after him. It's an appeal to God's promise that he made in 2 Samuel 7.16, where God promises, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So this is the appeal to this promise that David is making, and he's asking for not only his own reign, but for other kings to reign in his place that extends well beyond his reign into the future. A king like this would be a blessing to God's people and to the land because this is a king so committed to God and his ways that he's a blessing to God, God's people as well. This is a king who will save God's people and protect God's people. This is a king who dwells and enjoys God's presence as he represents the people. The promise for a future king who enjoys the presence of God, represents and saves God's people, and ushers in peace and victory is all ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The first verse and section of the first gospel, the gospel of Matthew, shows that Jesus is a descendant of King David, yet he's greater than David, and only in him are all the promises of, to David ultimately fulfilled. As Paul preached in the book of Acts, chapter 13, and notice all these references to promises and imagery of the Old Testament and how they're all connected and being fulfilled in King Jesus. Paul preaches, we tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. 
As it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God said, I will give you and I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy one see decay. Now, Paul says, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Brothers and sisters, on this day, turn to your king. Turn to the rock that is higher than you and find protection and safety and victory even from the enemies of sin and death. In light of all the fulfillment of Psalm 61 and all the fulfillments of, of promises to David, how should we respond? How should we respond in worship to him? Psalm 61, 8, the last verse says, Then I will sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. That's how you respond. Because when God's people receive God's help, we respond in praise and we do so with others in public and with a commitment to fulfill our vows to the Lord. Fourth of July is one of those uh, days that I often take off. I often take off the Sunday that's closest to the Fourth of July. Today, uh, the Sunday happens to fall on the Fourth of July, and I still get to spend some time with friends and family today, which is uh, one of the reasons this is a pre-recorded service. So. In previous uh, Sundays that are around the 4th of July, I get to travel and I often get the honor of gathering with other saints and other local churches and maybe this Sunday, maybe tune in to some other services. But I've also noticed that there's a bit of a inconsistency in some uh, local churches in terms of their focus on 4th of July's. And sometimes I've gathered at churches or tuned in with churches and the focus seems um, to be misplaced and they focus instead on the Sunday near the 4th of July or on the 4th of July on more patriotic themes that focus on praising our country and uh, being good citizens and patriots of our country. And because of this, I've sometimes shied away from doing, um, even if I'm free, doing uh, a service with others on the 4th of July because when I have this Sunday to gather with the saints and I don't have these responsibilities. I want my focus to be on Jesus and not our nation. It's not that I don't appreciate celebrating this holiday. Uh, one of the things that my family often do does is we go down to southern Minnesota and we uh, get to be with family and check out the parades and eat at the food trucks and grill and watch fireworks. In fact, uh, when, when we typically watch the fireworks in, in southern Minnesota, it's uh, this setting where it's at night and there's this band shell with people 
uh, live orchestra that plays and then it switches to the time when the, the fireworks are going to go up into the air and then they play like this just loud music of all the best hits that you would expect to hear in that moment. You hear a little bit of Born in the USA by Springsteen, America the Beautiful by Ray Charles, and even a little bit of Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. And in that moment, I like all of them. I don't discriminate. All those, bring it on. Country, pop songs, whatever. It is this time I love celebrating. It's a good thing, and it's an appropriate time to do it. Yet, and here's my point, and here's my reflection, not in a gathering committed to the cross and the real king of all things would we sing any of those songs. Because in that moment, those songs would seem so trivial in light of praising King Jesus. We're exiles who are called to seek the welfare of this country, which we can celebrate today. Yet also, we need to remember that this country and all its political leaders in history is but a small footnote in the grander purposes of God's story of redemption. Christ is greater and his kingdom is forever. So that's why we sing even today to King Jesus and pledge allegiance to him alone, who is the rock that is higher than any of us and the rock in which we cling in any of life's storms. Let me close this time of preaching God's word in prayer and we'll turn in response to songs. Let's pray. Tender and compassionate God, hear our prayer and cry. We call to you when we are far away because we want to be near. We call to you when we are faint because we need your strength. Lead us to the rock of Christ who is higher than us. He is our refuge and strong tower against the enemies of death, sin, and the devil. Lord, you long to gather us in your arms as a hen gathers her chicks. Draw us to yourself in love, surround us with your grace, and keep us in the shelter of your wings so that in our time of testing, we may not fall away. Do so by gathering us under the care and protection of King Jesus, who is enthroned in your presence forever. We will forever sing his praise in his name. And that is what we want to do right now. Amen.